My next guest knows an awful lot about this stuff, probably the most of anybody out there anywhere. Dear friend of mine for the better part of 25 years, Mr. CNBC, Ron and Santa. Ronnie, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, sir. I'm doing fine. Uh, a little, little concerned about the current state of affairs, but doing fine otherwise. How are you? Well, I'm glad you are. I'm doing great, thank you. I want to get to the bank collapse, but I do want to start with this, what uh, Kennedy just said about the president's proposal. Again, upwards of $7 trillion. Kennedy says, despite what the president is telling you, it helps nothing, not Social Security, not Medicaid, nothing. It's just another big number added to an already $32 trillion deficit. Is Kennedy right? Is Biden right? Ron and Sana. Who's right? Oh, gosh. You know, said the budget's going to be that size no matter who proposes it. I mean, it's, it's not like <laughs> it's not like anybody's cut the budget in the last uh, 40 years. The, the budgets have gotten bigger each and every year under each and every administration. So, uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't spend a lot of time on a budget that I know already is dead on arrival. Uh, it's not going to pass the House. It can't pass the House. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some modifications even in the Senate. Um, but, look, I mean, it's, it, you know, this is going to be – a long negotiation between uh, House Republicans and, and and Democrats in the Senate and the White House. And so, you know, we could pick apart all the small pieces of it. I, I don't know. Look, I'm not in favor of some of the tax increases that they've proposed within the budget itself. Some of them don't make sense. Some of them are very, very hard to administer. Um, but I don't think you're going to see a smaller budget per se than anything that's currently being proposed, unless you were to cut Social Security, Medicare, and defense spending and the interest on the national debt, because those, those are the four biggest categories uh, in the federal budget. Discretionary spending is a rounding error. All right, let's get to the biggest story today, and that is yeah. the Silicon Valley Bank shut down by regulators on Friday, the largest bank failure since 2008, one of two banks that we lost uh, just a couple of days ago. To the average person, you just heard Justin Ellick, he's got like $9 in his pocket. They don't even know what that means. I mean, to be honest, Ron, when you start talking economics and banks and figures and stock market, this has been your life. Guys like Gasparino come on, Scaramucci, Larry Kudlow, Stuart Varney, that's your life. But to the, the majority of the American public, they have no idea what the hell is going on and what this means to them. I always try to make it uh, to what it means to them, the average guy on the street, not the millionaire with tons of money in a bank in Silicon Valley. So tell me for starters well, actually, here. They're, they're probably, <laughs> I was about to say the millionaire with uh, the tons of money at Silicon Valley Bank is probably more exposed than the average American is right now. No, they probably are. But, but, but starting right here, why did the regulators shut the bank down? Well, a lot of reasons, uh, but the, the principal reason was Silicon Valley Bank in particular, which was the 16th largest bank in the United States, and it's seen a massive inflow of deposits from all these financial and other technology startups that had raised a lot of venture capital money. They put effectively a lot of their capital in the bank, and as as we know, each account that anyone holds is insured, at least up until yesterday, up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. There were a lot of companies that had an extraordinary amount of uninsured money in Silicon Valley Bank. Now, they started to run into some trouble because they had a mismatch between the amount of deposits that they had, which are considered liabilities. A, de a deposit's a liability on a bank balance sheet because you can always take that money out. An, a loan is an asset, or if you buy bonds and hold the cash in bonds, those are assets. The bond portfolio of this particular bank declined in value rather substantially, and that created a real balance sheet problem for the bank. And then suddenly, a couple of major players in the venture capital world, like Peter Thiel, told their 
portfolio companies and companies they've invested in to pull their money out of the bank. This is like it's a wonderful life, except it could be done with the touch of a button. All these different companies pull the deposits out, and that basically created a run on the bank. And now there are concerns that there are other banks similar to Silicon Valley that are smaller regional banks might see similar runs. And so over the weekend, the Treasury, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation said they will make all depositors whole. Now, stockholders, bondholders are going to get killed in all of this, but depositors will get their money starting this morning, which was a fear on Friday that that simply wouldn't happen. When you say stockholders and bondholders are going to get killed in all of this, what do you mean exactly? So if you own shares of Silicon Valley Bank or if you own shares of Signature Bank or if you this morning shares of First Republic are down 70 percent, another regional bank that uh, had some exposure to areas or had maybe potentially, I'm not saying that they do, potentially or perceived to have similar problems. If the stock goes down, nobody's coming in to bail out your stock market holdings in these banks. No one, if you're a bondholder in these banks, in other words, if you've lent money to these banks yourself, you're not going to be made whole. The only people who are going to be made whole are the depositors. And the Fed created a new facility in which all depositors will be able to take their money out as normal starting this morning. So this is on the bank. Basically, this is not an economic indicator of something horrible happening. This is well, on the bank, or is it? Yes and no. I mean, it, the, the concern with events like these, and, I, and I've, the first one that I experienced when, when I started my career was Continental Illinois Bank, which in 1984 was the fourth largest bank in the United States. It failed and was ultimately taken over. It did not cause a systemic failure like we saw in 2008, where all the bankings, all the banks and the entire banking system itself was at risk. We think that's the case here, that there's not that type of risk that could spread to the entire banking system, which is why the Fed, the Treasury, the FDIC and other institutions are stepping in forcefully to make sure that people are calm. They don't there are no more runs and that the system itself remains fine. Big, big, big banks are generally perceived to be safe and can withstand stresses. The markets are going to be very nervous. Yeah, for maybe a couple of days about whether or not this is a broader issue. So, so, right so, now, so for my like guys, stemming the tide. Yeah, my guys, for example, we're on Third Avenue here. Okay, they've got their money yeah. in Wells Fargo, Citibank, yeah, yeah. Chase. They're fine, right? No issues. Well, yeah, don't, don't don't go running to the ATM and trying to pull out money. It's not necessary. And and the Fed effectively now has a facility in which all deposits in the entire banking system will will effectively be backstopped. They've taken the the deposit limits off. So if you have more than $250,000 in the bank, you'll be able to get it. They've basically lifted the cap on deposit insurance so that their people will be calm and will not kind of move to just, you know, shove their money into a CD or do something else that would take it away from the banks that currently hold it for you. Janet Yellen was on Face the Nation, and I couldn't yeah. tell Ron and Santa if she was there for the depositors if she was more worried about how we would perceive, you know, the uh, the Federal Reserve, I, I couldn't tell exactly what side she was on. Can you tell me? She's on the depositor side. I mean, look, they can't let this get get, get out of control. She's been around a long time. I mean, you know, we had she was around as, as in the Clinton administration uh, when we had the tech bubble burst. She was she's been around through uh, the great financial crisis. She's been doing this quite a long time. But look, the, the main interest here is making sure that depositors are whole. If there's a big argument about whether or not you bail out stockholders and bondholders of specific institutions, that's not going to happen this time around. 
So that's, that's what Tim Tebow was saying. No. That basically, okay. So we're we're going to make yeah. sure that the depositors are good. We're not going to run to help those other people that you're talking about. Now this happened Correct. at two banks, and I just heard Stuart Varney say that he thinks it could be the beginning, like you talked about 2008, and a bunch more could fail like these two. How do we make sure that's not going to be the case? <laughs> well, these extraordinary measures were just announced yesterday. Obviously, there's going to be some nervousness about what we call contagion, that this could spread through the system. Goldman Sachs yesterday came out and suggested that maybe the Federal Reserve will not raise interest rates next week when it meets, and it was expected to raise rates by a quarter to a half point. The speed with which the Fed raised rates caused some big losses in bank portfolios who hold long-term bonds. When the yield on a bond goes up, the value of the bond goes down. And Silicon Valley Bank in particular held a lot of long-term bonds, and so they had a declining value of those assets that was somewhat critical to their health. And we may see this in other areas of the banking system, but to predict a full-scale systemic event like we saw in 2008 is a bit irresponsible. We don't know that this is where that's going. Uh, Officials are moving very, very quickly to stem the losses and maintain, again, the deposit base and make sure that everybody has access to their money in the bank to avoid a systemic financial panic. This is It's a big deal. This is not a small event. And you can see European stock markets are down because they probably have some banking issues as well. Italy's down almost 4%. They have some of the weakest banks in the world. So we want to be careful in how we characterize this. We don't want to throw gasoline on a fire when we don't know yet that this will spread beyond the banks in question. It's a big enough deal that it might give the Fed pause. It's a big enough deal that it's going to shake up markets potentially. And we've seen money rush into U.S. Treasuries for safekeeping. We're seeing a little jitteriness in the stock market this morning. And and we've seen overseas markets sell off. So, look, I'm not Pollyanna-ish about these things. I've seen every one of them since 1987. And, you know, 87, when the market went down 23% in a single day, we thought was going to create a depression. The Fed stepped in and, and none of that ever happened. So you have to you have to pick your spots and you have to be very careful about how you characterize events like these. Because if they are contained, if there is no contagion, life will go on, the bank will get absorbed or it will go out of business, but depositors will make be made whole. It'll get sold if that's what happens. But we can't say with any certainty that this is 2008 all over again. We also can't say that it's not. But at this point in time, I wouldn't go that far. Mm. Um, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's just a bridge too far from where we are right now. It's a big enough deal. You talk about the markets being jittery. It's a big enough deal where they're yeah. actually contemplating not even opening the stock market this morning? No, 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 no. I have not heard that anywhere. Well, where, where, they, 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 that? well they keep putting up on Fox Business, market set to open regularly or regular time. So I guess... They actually considered maybe not opening the market today. No, I don't. I don't think they would have considered that. I think they're probably saying that to ward off any concerns that they, that this would be a wide scale gotcha. event. Listen, if, unless I'm wrong, Dow futures are down 60 points. The S and P are up five. So, I mean, you're not going to close the market on a day that's you know got right. a relatively right. normal move. Yeah. I mean, that would first of all that would generate a panic if you close the stock market. Oh, that, a, that a huge panic, right? So rarely the last you know, look, the, the, it's been closed for weather. It's been closed after 9-11. It's been closed in a, only a handful of situations where they don't open the market. This would not be one of them. Can't do it. They so how many do days it. do we have to keep a real eye on this before we can say, okay, it's those two banks. It's, it's exclusive to them. How many days? Wednesday, Thursday, before we start to feel like, okay, most of the banking is going to be fine. I'd give it a week or so. You know, I think you just have to keep your eyes peeled and you have to make sure that 
you know, all these various uh, new facilities that are being opened by the federal government, you know, backstop the banks appropriately, that there's no other larger bank that has a, a similar type problem. Remember that the, the dealings of both Signature Bank and then the bigger Silicon Valley Bank is that their exposures were fairly concentrated to specific industries. In the case of Silicon Valley, it was obviously tech. In the case of Signature Bank, they got into the crypto business, which, you know, is probably something a bank shouldn't be in at all. So people are now going to comb through the exposures that regional banks have and see if they have too much exposure to any single industry or if they have too much exposure to something as speculative as crypto. And they're going to go one by one and and try to decide which among the smaller, mid-sized regional banks might be at risk. But all depositors, at least according to the statements we've seen so far, all depositors will be made whole no matter where you have your money in the banking system. So the, they're for trying to forestall people really freaking out and trying to pull their money and put it somewhere else. It, 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 that's that's what the what all the various federal agencies and the Federal Reserve did yesterday. Thank God for you, man. You just really did a tremendous job in the last 15 minutes of explaining all of this. I had no idea what's going on at 630. Now I think I could host <laughs> yeah. a show on CNBC tonight. <laughs> well, I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Love to have you. Uh, you were great, as always, Ronnie. Thank you so much. Really terrific Thanks, job. Sir. Enjoy your day, buddy. Thanks. Ron in Santa, folks. He knows his stuff, man. That was great. CNBC. So the depositors will be made full. Stockholders, nah. Bondholders, nah. But if you got cash in those banks, you should be okay. Keep an eye out for the rest of these banks. About a week right now with Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank. Those are the two that failed over the weekend.